It's a lot, okay? Y'all listen, in seminary, they specifically tell you, don't read this much scripture at one time, all right? We're breaking all the rules, because that's what we do here. So here we go. Uh, John chapter 11. And we do that, y'all, just because we need context for what's going on, right? I, I could easily come and just preach the points to you, but if, if the Word of God is what endures forever, not my points, okay? So, so I, I just say that to you if you're wondering why we've been doing this. That's why we're doing it. It's really important. So John 11, starting in verse 1, says, Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This is important. You say, who is Mary? What Mary are we talking about? I know there's lots of Marys involved. Seems like in Jesus' life. So here's, here's your clue. Ready? Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. Okay, so this is Mary who we believe Jesus has healed, has great devotion to Jesus, so Jesus knows them well. Okay, he loves this family, they love him, we know that because the very next verse, uh, verse 3, it says, so the sisters, Mary and Martha, sent a message to Jesus, it said, Lord, the one that you love, speaking of their brother Lazarus, the one that you love is sick. Okay, verse 4, when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. The one you love is sick. Now, he loved them. Okay, so guess what he does? Because he loves them. Ready? <laughs> because he loves them. Now, Jesus loved them. So, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Right? It's meant to stand out. If you don't read it and go, that's, that's off. See, if it's off, then the Lord's trying to teach us something. If it's off, it's off so it stands out. That means that's, a, that's an important point of understanding this sign, that that happened, okay? So just, just know that, all right? So, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going to go there again? He says, aren't there 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. Man, that goes back to two weeks ago. This light of the world thing that Jesus is, right? It's really important. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light's not in him. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, well, if he's fallen asleep, let him sleep. He'll get better, right? I know that's not what yours says exactly. That's my version of this translation. And so, let, let him sleep, he'll get better. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, have you ever read your Bible and thought, Lord, I'm, I just need you to speak plainly to me, right? I, I do that a lot, I read it, and I'm like, Lord, you know who I am, I'm an idiot, okay? Would you help me understand it? So here's Jesus, he hears those prayers when we pray, Lord, I need some, something simple for me. He says, he tells them plainly, ready, Lazarus has died, Okay? I love you. Shh. Lazarus is dead. That's what I meant. I am glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Then Thomas called the twin said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so that we might die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she ran out to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Well, Martha said, well, I know that he'll rise again at the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I know I am the resurrection. 
and I am the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. All right? Important statement, might want to highlight it. Okay? It's okay to write in your Bible. It's okay. Even if he dies, he will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Well, yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. So she believes, but yet she doesn't quite understand what she believes. Verse 28, having said this, she went back. She called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here. He's calling for you. That's in private. That's your private voice. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up and ran quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw her that she got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she told him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit. He was troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. Lord, uh, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, spoke up. Lord, there is already a stench, because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I say this so that they may believe that you sent me. And after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out bound, hand and foot, with linen strips, and with his face wrapped up in a cloth. Jesus said, unwrap him. So he comes out. Take that stuff off. Right? Therefore, because that happened, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him, but some of them went off and told the Pharisees what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees, this is why we're reading the whole text, you've got to know this miracle sets up Friday. This miracle is why they're going to kill Jesus. All right? This is, this is the, the stone that broke the camel's back, right? This, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not a stone, right? It's whatever was on top of the camel that made him quit. This is it. This is the moment. All right? Second service, y'all. Give me some grace. Therefore, many of the Jews came to me. So the chief priests, the Pharisees, they convened the Sanhedrin. They were saying, well, what are we going to do since this man's doing so many signs? If we let him go, now this is why they're going to kill Jesus. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come, and they'll take away our place and our nation. If, if everybody believes in Jesus, we're going to lose our power. This is why they're going to kill the Son of God. All right? One of them, Caiaphas, the chief priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You're not considering that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation perish. Now, he's saying it from his perspective. Well, we'll just kill him and, 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 and we'll still be in control. He didn't know he was prophesying, right? That's what it says. He did not say this on his own, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation of Israel, and not just for the nation only, but also to unite all the scattered children of God. So from that day on, they plotted 
to kill Jesus. That's the story. That's what you have to know. It's all tied together. Now, with that in mind, there's a few things I want to point out. Uh, The first point went over so well in the first service, okay? Let me just say that in advance. So, um, you got, it was quiet. It's quiet because it's it's not something we want to hear, but it it stands out in the text, so we got to highlight it. Okay, so the first thing I, I want to I share with you is, we, what does this sign mean for me? Here's number one. I want you to know that sometimes, sometimes God loves you too much to give you what you want right away. Okay? Sometimes God loves you too much to give you what you want right away. So, so the story starts, Jesus is out doing public ministry Okay, and so his good friend Lazarus, whom he loves, right? I mean, that's what it says in verse 3. Mary and Martha sent him a message, said, Lord, the one that you love is sick. How sick? Well, he died, so he was pretty sick, right? So they, they sent this message, the one you love, okay? And then, and then we, we see then in, in verse 5 and 6, it says, now, just in case you didn't know that he loved him already, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved him. Right? So, so listen, he loved him, so how does he react? Well, how would you react when someone you love is sick? You drop everything you're doing and you run. Right? You drop everything you're doing and you're on a plane. You drop everything you're doing and you're at the hospital. You drop everything you're doing and you're at the door with food. Right? I mean, that's how we respond when we love people. And, and yet here, it says Jesus loved them deeply. So what did he do? So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed for two more days. What? What? Yeah, wait a second. So listen, if God is love, and he is, he's the perfect picture of love, why would he stay? Well, he's staying out of love, and he's staying for a purpose. So Jesus, God in the flesh, loves them too much to give them right now what they're asking for because they are lacking something that they need to understand about who he is. And we, we kind of get our first glimpse of that back in verse 4. In verse 4, it says, When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Okay? So, so this is all about Jesus getting the glory that he's due. This is about the fact that they say that he's the Messiah, but they don't understand really what that means. Martha's going, well, I know that there'll be a resurrection someday. And Jesus is like, no, Martha, you're not getting it. I'm the resurrection. You need to know that I am life. Me. I'm the source. I make dead things alive. That's me. And if there's something in your life that is dead, I can bring it to life. That's who I am. And you understanding that is more important. You knowing who I am, knowing my nature, knowing my power, knowing my love, that is more important than you getting what you're asking for right now. Okay? So it's huge. And if you don't believe me that he's trying to teach them a lesson, then follow along in the text. He's going to teach the disciples, he's going to teach the sisters, and he's going to teach the crowd. All right? It's, it's emphasized three times. You, like, you, you probably caught it already, but let's just, let's just point it out. So let's start with the disciples. I'm reading from verse 11. He said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he's going to get better. Ha ha! Right? And, and then Jesus, however, was speaking about his death. They thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So then we have this in verse 14 and 15. So Jesus tells them plainly, Lazarus has died. Okay? I'm glad for you that I wasn't there. Why? So that you might believe. 
He's like, he died. I allowed that to happen because you need to learn something. It's better for you. You don't believe what you need to believe for what is coming. What's coming, y'all? Friday's the cross. Friday, the one that they've been following. Listen, he's been telling them, I've, I've come to die. They, they, they still, what's going to happen Friday? When, he, when he's murdered on the cross, they're going to flee. When he's arrested, they're going to run. Like they, he understands. They need to know why he's come, what he's come to do. This is huge. So he is te- he's like, for your sake, for your sake, you needed to see Lazarus dead, and you need to see that he'll be brought to life so that you understand that that's who I am. I am the life giver. I'm the life giver, so it's for them. But it's not just for them, it's also for the sisters, right? So, so Martha hears that he's come, she runs out. Uh, Martha runs out to, to meet him and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died, right? If you'd been here, to which Jesus says, you know, hey, your brother's going to live. To which she replies, well, I know he's going to be raised in the last days. And Jesus is like, no, uh, that's today, sweetheart. I am the resurrection and the life. And then he says, do you believe this? If you have your Bibles open, he'll say again in verse 40, I told you if you believed, you would see verse 4, the glory of God on display. They need to see. They don't understand how glorious Jesus is. They don't know who he really is yet. Right? They don't understand. They don't understand. They, they, they need to know who he is. Same thing happens with uh, her sister, right? She's the same way. John eleven thirty two, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They both believed in Jesus, but they didn't understand who he really was. They didn't understand what he'd really come to do. They didn't understand what his kingdom was really all about. And then finally, guys, it's the crowd. Right? This is done. This, this hey, uh, Jesus loved the people, he loved the crowd so much that he didn't give the sisters what they asked for, which was, which they wanted immediate healing. He, it came later, all right? And he did it because it says he loved the crowd. John eleven forty one and 42. So they removed the stone, then Jesus raised his eyes. He said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. So that they may believe. The disciples need to believe. The sisters need to believe, and the crowd needs to believe that Jesus is Lord over death. That he indeed is the one that makes dead things alive. That's who he is. They need this because of what's coming. Friday comes the cross, Sunday the empty tomb. They're going to be the ones that will be the light of the world now to go spread the message of Jesus to all, and they need to understand who Jesus really is, okay? They need to understand it. And y'all, I believe the same is true of us. Okay? I believe the same is true of us, that we need to understand who Jesus is. Now, I say that to you, and uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a second, but I say that to you, that is a hard one to grasp. Everything in our human nature does not want this. All right? And I, I love you. Some of you are in a frustrating place with the Lord right now. And, uh, and it's because you've been asking God for some stuff and God hasn't delivered in your mind, right? And, and you're like, what, God? God, you're not listening to me. God, what's going on? It's not that God is not listening to you. Uh, God may love you so much that he, he's saying, hey, not right, not right now. I've got to show you something about me first, right? It, it, that's better. And so listen, we fall into this uh, reality of instant gratification. That's the society we live in. How long for popcorn? Better not be more than 90 seconds. What about oatmeal? Same thing right? 
I mean, I'm, I'm serious. How, how, how quick can I cook an egg? Can I do that in one minute? Let's go, right? Microwave, microwave, microwave. And we treat God the same way when it comes to our prayer request. We want God to respond right away. And the thing that this sign shows us is that sometimes in love, God is going to put off what we want right now because he wants to teach us something about his own character, about who he really, really is. All right, so that's the first thing. The second thing I want you to see in this text, guys, is that Jesus cares for us deeply. That Jesus cares for us deeply. Uh, so when Mary does come, uh, Martha went first, Mary comes out, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Um, Jesus sees that she is weeping, and the crowd that comes with her is weeping. And it says this, it says he was deeply moved. He was deeply, that's an important word, he was deeply moved uh, because of them. And, and, then, and then it says this, uh, 34, 35, well, where have you put him? They told him, come and see. And Jesus goes to the tomb and he weeps. Shortest verse in all the Bible, by the way, uh, those of you that are trying to do Bible trivia, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept, it's just two words. Shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus Verse 33, deeply moved. Verse 35, he wept. Then we read this in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. Stone was lying against it. I like the King James Version. It says, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. Even better for me, the message version. It says, then Jesus, the anger again welling up within him, arrived at the tomb. What I'm trying to get across, y'all, is that this mattered to Jesus. Right? That this, this mattered to Jesus, that he cares deeply about us, that this affected him in the depths of who he was, that he hates this, that he hates death, that he hates the result of sin, that this is why he has come, that he is here to destroy this moment. And if you are here and you have lost someone, and that hurt sticks with you, and just randomly on a day, it's like the devil just slams on that grief button in your heart, and you feel everything in you melt away. And I want you to know that that is exactly why we have Easter. That that is exactly why Jesus came. He came to conquer this. He came because he hated this. And so when we have a lost one that we're struggling with that grief and we don't know what to do, instead of go, taking that to God and go, God, why? Why? See, that's, that's the first point. That's us wanting something. Well, I just want this immediate healing. I just want some more time on earth. I just, listen, and I get it. I told the early church, I'd do anything for one more phone call with my father. One. Just one. Just hear him say Jabo one time. That's the name. Don't share it anymore. That's just for him. Right? Just one time. Just one time to say, Jabo, I love that. I'd do anything. I'd do anything to make homemade pizza with my grandmother again. It was our thing, man. It was our jam. I, would, I, I spent months at my grandmother's, and we would just, you know, we, we did it every time I was there. We made homemade pizza. Every time. Cut up all the toppings. Like, you know, she would like to, like, throw the crust in. I'd like to pre-bake my crust. She's just the thrower in of things. I'm like, no, we gotta pre-bake it. She's like, we'll do it your way, hon. Right? Do anything. And it's easy in my heart to go, God, where were you? Right? Where were you? And the answer is here. This is where he was. He came to destroy this stuff, man. And, and listen, that's who he is. He came to destroy, to put away these things. That's what he came for. He cares deeply about us. He cares deeply about you. He does. That is the truth of God's word. So the last point. Right? Last point. 
kind of like the main point. Right? We said John wrote all these things. You get to John 20 so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah and then in believing in him, you might receive eternal life. Might have life in his name, it says. Last point, the big one that John is trying to make is that Jesus is Lord over death and time. Jesus is Lord over death and time, right? And this main point that they don't understand is they don't understand who Jesus is. Like, that's it. Like, man, you say that I'm Messiah, but you don't get, you don't get what that means. When I say that I'm the Messiah, it's not that there will be a resurrection, it's that I'm the resurrection. It's not that they will receive life one day that they'll get to be with God. Sweetie, it's that I am life and I am God. And even if their earthly body passes away, they will live forever in me. In me. That's the promise. Right? That's the promise. And, and, and so... Uh, Jesus says to her, John eleven twenty five. 25, this is the, the key, this is one of the seven I am statements. I am the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in me, even if he dies. Listen, even if he dies, even if his earthly body uh, is, is over. By the way, all our earthly bodies are going to die unless Jesus comes back, y'all. I mean, y'all know this is a reality. This starts, I believe, on the uh, birthday that you turn 40. The reality of this sets in, right? 39, I was killing life. I was so good. Woke up. 40, promise you, like, backache. Like, whoa, what happened? Like, what? where did that go? Uh, other things happen too. It's in, we won't go into all those details. You suddenly realize that this earth suit ain't gonna last forever, right? And, and so there, there's this reality coming that all of our, our, all of our bodies will fail at some point. But Jesus says, but if you believe in me, even if that happens, you'll live. Not, not just one day, Remember, he's saying, I'm the resurrection life. It's today. It's today. Paul gets uh, an understanding of this, and he writes two statements, one in 1 Corinthians and one in 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, he says this. When he begins to grasp, like, wait a second. That, that, means, that, that means that death doesn't win anymore. It means that Jesus has done away with that. So he says, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting, the sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, the last part, he says, to be away from the body is to be home with the Lord. That's his understanding. So when, I, when I'm away from the body, when my body fails, I will be with the Lord. That's life. I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. So Jesus is Lord over death. That's, that's what it means. But not only is Jesus Lord over death, y'all, He's Lord over time. So there's, there's, this time is mentioned twice. I don't know if you caught it when we read the full text. Four days is mentioned twice. Anytime you're reading the Bible, right? Remember, they didn't have exclamation points, okay? It didn't have it. It'd be great if they did, and you're reading it, it was like, ah, pay attention. There's none of that. So when you see repetition, you're supposed to go, oh, that's probably important. So four days is mentioned twice, right? It's mentioned twice. And so uh, the second time, John eleven thirty nine, 39, take away the stone, he said, but Lord, Martha said, sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. She's been dead four days. Mentions the time twice. Jesus himself, right? We're going to say this Friday uh, in the tomb, Saturday in the tomb, Sunday morning. It's where all of our worship changes. The whole church's worship changes. Now it's, we celebrate on Easter Sunday. Uh, we celebrate every Sunday what happened on Easter Sunday. We worship on Sunday. So the third day, he rises on the third day. Why? Because he's Lord over time. Listen, time is nothing to an eternal God. Can I say that again? Time is nothing to an eternal God. Nothing. 
It, it, it isn't. So, so, it, so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, and this, y'all, for me, based on what we've talked about this morning, this is where it gets hard. Okay? Can I tell you why? For me, this is where it gets hard because some of us have experienced great loss in our lives. Some of us more recent than others. We've lost people that we care about deeply. Uh, and, and some of us have done that after even seasons of extended prayer. Right? We prayed and we prayed and we prayed, God, I want this, I need this. Like, prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen. And, and, and that's where our first two points come in, by the way. If that's you and that's what you're feeling, right? You probably got some feelings towards God. God, why? God, I don't understand. God, I'm mad. God, I'm angry. We, we go through that. That's, that's kind of how we, we mourn spiritually in grief. Uh, uh, and so that's where these first two points come in really handy. Uh, remembering sometimes God loves you too much to give you what you want right away. God, I, I just want, I want another day with him. And he's like, I love you too much to give you what you're asking for right away. I don't understand it, this side of the sky, but the Bible promises that one day I will see clearly face to face. One day I'm going to know, right? Second point, that Jesus cares for me deeply. So I have to remember if I'm asking God for something, I'm pleading with God for something, and maybe, maybe that, that loved one, uh, God chose not to extend their earthly time, their physical life. But sometimes because Jesus knows all and sees all, he does something even more loving than what I want. Sometimes he sees fit to heal and to give resurrection life to our loved ones instead of extending their earthly existence. And I know that that is hard to hear. I know that it hurts, but it is also, if you, if you can hit the pause button for a second, it is also extremely gracious. It is, ext it is so much more than we deserve or they deserve. It is so gracious that God is willing to do this. That he loves us so much. And, and, and y'all, in your hurt, I just want you to remember, this is why he came. Because he cares about you. Jesus willfully stepped out of eternity and into humanity to suffer because of this. Because of hurt, because of loss, because he hates death, because he hates sin, because he hates how we feel, how we're affected. And he felt those things too. He loves you. All right? So what do we do uh, with John 11? Because you drop that at the end and you're like, well, that wasn't rosy. Right? So what do we do? I think there's a few things. Number one is the same thing I've been asking you to do for weeks. First and foremost, we accept God's love by receiving his son. We just do. Right? John wrote all of this these seven signs are to prove to us that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Guys, he is Lord over death and time. That's who he is. He is the resurrection and the life. And he says that anyone who dies in me, if you believe in me, you never actually die. Your body, bah, new body, resurrection life. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, y'all. My resurrection body is going to be so tall and tan, you don't even know. Don't even know. Man, it's coming. It's coming. My grandmother, y'all, so you joke, like, I'm, I'm so pumped that, um, like, I'm an average, I'm average American male or whatever. I'm like 5'9 and a little bit of change. I like to say and a half, but it's not and a half. So 5'9 and a little bit of change. And uh, most of my life, uh, middle school, I was like 4'8, okay? My mom's only like 5'2. I prayed my whole life. I didn't know the Lord, but I used to pray. Uh, Lord, please let me be taller than my mom. I prayed that prayer so often. We talk about waiting on what you desire. Dude, I waited and waited and waited. So all the way up through my eighth grade year, I was still, I was still four foot eight. May have even been shorter. I know that the coach on the basketball team said I was too short to play. Okay? Pretty sad. Pretty sad moment. 
And uh, I was a decent little hooper, but it was pretty sad. But anyway, fine. So, uh, fine. I'm fine with it. See, everything's fine. No, no, it's great. Um, no, how are you? I'm fine. No problems. No emotional baggage. No, I'm great. Uh, so, so that summer though, dude, I grew. Like I grew over six inches in one summer. So I showed up at high school and all the kids that used to look down to me are now kind of like, who are you? They didn't even know who I was. It was awesome. It was awesome. So resurrection body is going to be even taller. And then freckles, I don't know if you are one of those people that has been blessed. My grandmother told me, my gammy told me these were angel kisses. And I was like, man, the angels adored me. Uh, and, uh, and, but that's hard as a kid, right? So, so I say my resurrection body is going to be tall and golden brown, just so you know. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. All right. So except God, y'all laughing. Just wait till you see me. You're not even going to, oh, Jason, is that you? Yes, it is. Um, be, be great. It's coming at you. Second thing I want to challenge you this week is try to understand that God knows and does what's best for you. And it's going to be it's going to be a wrestling match, y'all. I mean, you're going to be Jacob. That's what you're going to be. You got to be. You got to be. Every time we convince ourselves that God doesn't care, we've got to go back to this text. Yeah, He does. He's deeply moved. He's deeply moved when we hurt. He's deeply moved. That's who God is. Listen, the, the best picture, we, we shared this last week. The best representation of God that you could ever see is who? Come on, participatory sport. Jesus, right? The best picture of God, because God's spirit, impossible to see spirit, can feel it, kind of like the wind, can feel it, can't see it. I can see it pick up some particles. The best way that I can see God is through the lens of Jesus. And Jesus is deeply moved by our heart. Okay? And I get it. I know how you feel. We've got a real enemy. He's a thief and a liar, and he wants to make you angry with God. Okay? He wants to keep you mad at God. He wants to twist some things, but you need to know when you are feeling that way about God, that God is deeply moved by your heart. You just have to, that is the truth. I got to go back to this story and go, that's not, what I'm hearing in my head and in my heart is not the truth. God loves me, and he deeply, deeply cares about so you've got to convince yourself of this. Lastly, guys, so you've got to thank Jesus for being the resurrection and the life. Um, man, I promise you, there is one thing Lazarus never, ever did again. You want to know what it was? He never woke up to just an ordinary morning, not one more time in his life. I'm not joking, y'all. That dude, I guarantee you, you're like, that's not in the text. I guarantee you. There is not a single day Lazarus got out of bed and watched, oh gosh, here we go, another day. Not once. Not once was he like, well, I'll be better when I get some coffee. Not once was he like, oh man. Every day that dude got up and was like, whoa, I'm alive. I mean, every single day he was alive. He was dead, but now he's alive. Every single day that brother got out of bed and was like, thank you for a bonus day, Lord Jesus, right? Every day. And he probably stunk. I don't know. I mean, like he really stunk before. I don't know if that smell went away. I don't know. It didn't matter to him. Every day the dude got up and danced a jig because he once was dead, but now he's alive. And y'all listen to me. If we have Jesus, that's our story. So I got to ask you, is that the kind of life you're living? Do you wake up every day and go, bonus, right? Bonus. Hello, I am in the bonus today. Are we living under that resurrected power? Or man, are we waking up 
like we're just still in those grave clothes, you know. Like we're just sealed behind a tomb and like it's all over. Can I just tell you, I don't know how old you are. We're not going to play that guessing game. I'll tell you, I'm 46 now. I'm going to tell you what I believe. This is crazy. I've been, I've been wrestling with this because uh, I'm a, I'm, y'all probably have noticed maybe. I'm a little emotional, okay? I'm a little passionate. The, I got to catch myself because I'm like in the relationship. I'm the woman in the relationship, uh, emotionally speaking. I'm telling you, we go to movies. I'm the one crying. She's handing me Kleenex like, oh my gosh. Um, like, that's me. D- don't get me. Don't let me watch a Hallmark commercial on you. I will, woo, it'll over, over, okay? So the other day as I was, I, I was my, my oldest moved back in and he's, he's working on becoming an adult now. And, uh, and he's, he's, got a, he's got a good career he's working towards. And so I'm so excited for him. Um, and the other day, for like the first time, he's been home for like six months, like we all played together as a family. Like we went outside and we're like playing. And I was just like, I, I savored the moment so much. But then I thought back to all the moments I don't have with him anymore when they were little and they were awesome, right? I mean, they're still awesome. But like we, all the things you used to do when your kids are little, like going places. And I had one of those moments I caught myself kind of getting, you know, just like a little emotional. But here's where I am. I'm 46, and I can tell you this truthfully, because of Jesus, my best days are ahead of me. As much as I love all of those memories, because of who Christ is and his resurrection power, my my best days are ahead of me, and so are yours. If you are walking in the power of the resurrection, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Amen? So live like that this week. Live like that. Let me pray for you. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for the truth of your word. It is good. It's effective. It's powerful. It's what we need. Uh, God, as we think about this coming week, Friday is called good because you died for us. Not good for you, but good for us. It's how we were purchased from sin. It's how the payment of our sin was, was paid for by the shedding of your blood, by your death. That's, that's our atonement. As we focus our hearts on what's coming this week and think about the empty tomb on Sunday, this is a message that we too need to hear because we need to believe in you. We need to believe that you died for our sake. We need to believe that you are the resurrection and the life. Not just one day, but today you provide us resurrection life today. God, would you change our hearts and minds that we might live like our best days are ahead of us and not behind us? ask that in Jesus Christ's holy, powerful name. Amen.